Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of your Transformation Journey podcast. Today, our guest is CJ, and I want to give her where her credit is due because, number one, she served in the military. So, thank you for your service because that is freaking awesome. CJ is a retired Air Force Master Sergeant. She spent 20 years working within the Silver Engineering Operations Management career field before retiring in 2017. Upon retirement, she started her author journey and published her first book at 40. Since then, she has published 20 books in total, and some are children's books under her pen name, Auntie Nana, and others in multiple genres under C.J. Ivy's Lopez. She opened her company in 2019, ILO Multimedia, RGV LLC, to continue her writing business, and founded the Author's Porch magazine, podcast, and blog in 2020. She has also founded the Bombshell Book Review, which you can catch her and her co-host every Thursday on the Author's Porch, regardless of what she is doing Helping people is at the core of who she is. So welcome to the podcast, CJ. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So I always ask every guest, what got you started in doing what you're doing, especially coming from the background that you have come from? You know, I went from one opposite end of the spectrum to the other opposite end of the spectrum. And I know that. And that is the fun part about all of it. Um what got me going was when I retired, I moved down to the border of Mexico down here. Uh, I'm on the border by the sea in Brownsville, Texas. I just went so far south and I said, I'm tired of the hustle and bustle. I'm tired of the go, go, go. I'm tired of the climb the ladder type of stuff. And I loved my service. Don't get me wrong, but I just wanted to relax and I wanted to find myself again and, and journey back to myself, I guess you would say. And I'd always, since the seventh grade, wanted to write a book. When a teacher told me a short story that I wrote for an assignment was good and that I should do that. And it was the first time I think in my life that anyone had ever believed in me because I didn't grow up with the touchy-feely family. I didn't grow up with I love you. First time my mom told me she loved me was when I left the day I left for the military. That's just not the type of family I grew up in. So I said to my husband, um, because I got a job right out of the military and I started that hustle and bustle again, even though I didn't want it. And I said, you know, I really want to follow my dreams. And he said, well, what's stopping you? And I was like, whoa, you're going to support me? Like, what's going on here? Like, I didn't know that was possible. So, and that's what I did. And I've been following it just, and I'm just going. I listen to podcasts. I, I watch uh, shows. I read articles. I just immersed myself into the author world. And one thing I found was that it's super hard for authors to get their literary pieces of work out there. It's super hard for authors to be seen. And I said, you know what, I want to create a space where they can go and be seen. And it's not going to cost them their mortgage, right? It's not even going to cost them a cup of coffee unless they want to buy me one. Hey, I'm, I'm free to have coffee. It's my favorite. <laughs> so that's how I started the author's porch. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick your brain because I'm in the middle of writing my book. And that is one of the things that has got me sort of slowing down a little bit because, you know, writing 
and publishing is expensive. <laughs> it can be, but it doesn't have to be. And that's one of the things that we do is we help people understand the process because we don't want them we want them to be able to live their dreams. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be. It's supposed to be able to be an opportunity for you to just breathe and just take that beautiful thing from your brain, put it on a piece of paper and show the world. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, I got a friend. I'm not going to call out her name because I don't know if she's comfortable with that or not. <laughs> But that is one of the things that I have been pushing her to do because she has such a tremendous story to share. Mm. And it's one that a lot of women need to hear. And they need to know that they're not alone because there's somebody else that has went through some of the same things that she has went through. And if I want to impart anything in this podcast for anybody today, is why you're listening to CJ and myself start thinking about what your story is and what you can contribute because I know there's a ton of authors out there and everybody's going like but the market is saturated absolutely not and I'm going to tell you why and I'm hoping CJ agrees with me but the reason why is because everybody has a unique story and your story is going to resonate with some people and not resonate with some other people. It behooves you to write your story and to put it out there because you're not going to know until you do write your story. I agree with you 100%. Everyone's voice is different. And I think it is so important for people to, to write what they feel in their heart and their story. We wrote my sister's story. Over 25 years of drug addiction, uh, she went into, she was abused, she was beat, she was left on the side of the street, overdosed for death, everything. And, you know, she took that into the, the, um, the, the counseling center that she goes to to get counseling. And do you know how many girls have come up to her and wanted to get clean because of that book? And who yeah. would have ever thought, my sister doesn't think of herself as somebody inspiring she she still suffers from a lot of you know mental health issues because of everything she's been through but when people came up to her and said that she she thanked me she said thank you for telling me that my story was important i said sister everybody has a voice that is important don't ever think that yours isn't important because i can't reach people and tell them how they should get clean and why they should get clean the way you could because your experiences and touching them is unique. And I, I think you're absolutely right. The way that you tell a story in your voice, nobody else can do that but you. Yeah, exactly. So y'all heard it from two of us. Write your story. And don't be don't be afraid to do that. I mean, coming from a military background, Tell us a little bit about that, you know, when, because the military, a lot of people think the military as very regiment, very strict, and to come from that and to use those skills, what you've learned in the military to help you start your business and get the books published. Yeah, you know, it's funny, 
the things that I learned, the regimented and the, you know, make my, keep myself organized, the time management, all of the things that I learned, that regimented world keeps me going. That's how from 2018, my first published book to 2021, is that three years? I don't do public math. I've, yeah. written, I, I've written and published 20 books just in that time span. And it's because I put them out there and I'm not afraid. My first book, I will tell you, it's a children's book. I wrote it, I edited it, and I even illustrated it all myself. And I will tell you, if you read it, if you was to see it, you would think a five-year-old wrote it, not somebody that has a bachelor's degree and served 20 years in the military. But I told myself, don't be afraid, because if you don't start living now, you're never going to. Oh, yes. Yes, I love that. Because, yes, it is. You have to start living. Um, it's like I was talking about yesterday. I popped on and done a quick Facebook Live. And I was going like, you can't dim your light to let others shine brighter. You have to shine bright. And you have to be able to do that and take that leap of faith. Because until you do, you're not going to know what you're capable of. And... For all you know, you are the expert for what you do and for what you write. There's a lot of people out there, even though we literally have knowledge, whoops, knowledge at our fingertips, we don't utilize it. We really don't. And for people to write books, that's how you're going to get that knowledge. That's going to how you're aha moment is going to come to you and you can do like CJ done and write that children's book, even though to her, it may have been like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what people are going to think about this. This looks like a five-year-old wrote it, which that was probably the intent because we need to reach our kids. And that's how the joy of reading really gets started at a very young age. Yeah. I, I love that you said, don't dim your light for somebody else. If somebody is around you and, and you feel that you have to dim your light because of them, they're not your people. Like sometimes you have to move out of those crowds. And even though they may be the people that you've had for years, sometimes you are going to grow out of those people. And it's sad and it's heartbreaking sometimes. But once you start being around people that allows you to shine your light, that's when your growth starts. That's when you know in your heart that's where you belong. I'm not saying you cut them off and yeah. never talk to them, but that don't stand in somebody's shadow. Yeah, definitely. So what has been some of your favorite authors so far that you have helped? Gosh, that I've helped. I've talked to so many people. I had... Somebody in a group, um, I know it was on Twitter, randomly, uh, she was writing, she had to write her bio for an article that she wanted to submit for to be published. And she was asking for some help. And I just randomly said, if you still need help, go ahead and here's my email address, send it to me. I didn't think that they would ever contact me, um, but they did. And we worked back and forth and we ended up giving, getting her bio perfect for her to submit to be published. Um, she has a life threatening illness. She's terminally ill. 
but she's going to be able to submit to get published. And that made me feel good. I didn't ask for any money. I didn't ask for anything. I just, I said, you know what? I seen that post and I just thought, you know what? Let me see if I can help. I didn't know if I could. I just thought, why not? I've written bios before. I've, I've written them for people in the military. I've written them outside of the military. I have the programs. I know editors that can help me as well because I work with them that we're always collaborating. So why not? And it was great. And then I have my editor who we work together. She writes books on child abuse because she wants to bring awareness to child sexual trauma because of what children people go through. So it is my pleasure to format her books and do her cover designs and help her get published because she was with a publishing company that wasn't doing anything for her. And she only had one book published. She has four books published now and two children's books just because, and I didn't ask her for any money. I just wanted to help out because it was a great cause. So those are just two examples. I just love when people are solving a problem in the world, when they have this wonderful cause inside of them and they want to make a difference I just usually jump in feet first and sometimes I jump in over my head, but I've always got a life raft, all these people that I'm talking to, because I believe we don't get anywhere alone. We have to network and collaborate. And I love talking to people, obviously, because I'm talking now, right? (laughs) And that's a good thing. And I'm so glad. And um, when we jump off of here, I want that person's name because that's one of the things that I'm working on is, and that's one reason I'm having a course. So I'm going to go ahead and plug my program real quick. I'm doing a four week course that's going to be free and it's called finding your strength when your ground is shaking. And it is geared towards people that have trauma in their life, whether it be they have children that have went to prison and they don't know how to deal with it, whether they've been through divorce, death, grief, you name it. And it's going to be four weeks of me giving you tools on how to deal with that. And at the end of each session, we are going to do some clearing work. So for those of you that don't know what clearing work is, it's basically clearing the crud out of your body, out of your soul. In order for by the time that we get to week four, and I'll tell you the title for week four, just to give you a little bit of juicy tidbit, it's called Unlocking Your Future Version of You. Because Mm -hmm. it's going to take us that long to get down to the nitty gritty to clear out all of that stuff to get to that future version of you. So if anybody is interested, drop your name in the comments. Let me know that you're interested. I will send you the Zoom link. We will be starting September the 7th at 7 p.m. Central on Tuesday, and it'll be every Tuesday for four weeks until the end of September. And I really want people to take advantage of it because I think it's something that is not only helpful for you, but it's helpful for me to help you because I work with a lot of moms and dads that have kids in prison and mom's voices are one of the very few that's heard, if at all. So that is why I'm doing what I do. Wow. I love that. And if you could send me details on that, because I would love there's a lot of authors. I would love to put it on the author's porch and promote it, uh, let people know about it. Because 
what I have found with authors, there's a lot of mental health issues um, yeah. in the author world. And I work with a lot of mental health advocates. So um, I would love to send that out and let some authors know in case they're dealing with any of that and they would love to join in. Yeah. I think that's a great program that you're doing. Thank you for doing that for people. Cause yeah, it's a lot. And what got me started is I knew that when I started taking that journey myself, because my son's currently in prison and mm -hmm. there's not a lot of resources out there and mom's voices aren't heard. And a lot of these people that are in prison is because of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're not, we as moms and as parents haven't figured out how to break that generational pattern, which that will be the second week is I will teach you how to break those generational patterns. And it is something that is so needed and that is so not taught very often and very few people actually have access to. Yeah. You know, I love, I love that. You know, I am, I'm a generational pattern breaker. Um, my whole family, I love them more than life itself. They call me and I will get up out of this chair and run to Indianapolis, Indiana, where all of them are at. Um, a lot of addiction, a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of that stuff. Um, none of them graduated high school. None of them did it. They're all still in the same place. Most of them were in and out of jail, all of them in and out of jail, things like that. My nephew just recently got out less than a year ago. And for me, I left at 19 because I watched all of that around me. And I had this sense inside of me that said, I want something different. There was this something inside of me screaming. I want something. So I left and I never went back. I mean, I went back to visit, but I never went back into that lifestyle. And when I had my kids and I raised my kids, I said that I wanted to show them what the world could be. And one of the hardest things is someone outside of breaking that generational pattern, still seeing my family within that. And then they're having kids and those kids are still staying in there. And I want to, I want to scream and say, I can help you, but you won't listen. I don't know how to help them break those generational patterns because yeah. they're the kindest, most generous people I've ever known in my life. They give you the shirt off your back. They go out and for about six months, they were feeding homeless people out of their own. They were getting stuff from the food bank and they were cooking it in their house and they were feeding people. And my nephew just got out of prison and he was helping them. And it was so inspiring and it was great. And nobody gave them any money. Nobody did anything other than they just wanted to do it. Yeah. But they couldn't help themselves out of so many, um, you know, they all on either on disability or borrowing money from people just to survive living together, those type of things. Yeah. So um, I understand that breaking those generational barriers is so important to, to help people get out of certain things in their life. And it just breaks my heart that I can't, I can't help them even though I try. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely something and it's usually the work it takes for people to actually do it is getting them to that mindset to where they're willing to change. Um, I know some of the conversations that my son and I have whenever he calls, you know, he tells me, mom, some of these guys don't want to change or don't know how to change because they're going to go right back out on the streets and come right back in. Yeah. And 
one of the things that, you know, being in prison has taught him is he's learned how to ask for help because he didn't know how to ask for help. And now he knows how to ask and to even, even that tore my heart apart, seeing him go through that. But at least now I know that he's going to have a semblance of, okay, I know I don't want to go down this path again. And I know I don't want to hurt anybody else again. So now I'm going to learn how to ask for help. And I think for some, they're able to do that. But for many, and he's finding it out by listening to the guys around him, that they're going to like, well, I'm just going to go back out on the streets and do the same thing that I was doing. And it's because they don't have that support system. So I want our groups like ours to be the support system for people like that. If you have family that can't be that support system, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I will be your support system. I'll be your surrogate mom. <laughs> I got three boys. I don't mind having some more, you know, come, come join us because it's an important cause that I want people to understand that you can break that pattern and you don't have to go back into the system. Yeah. I love that. I really do. I keep saying I love that a lot, but I really do. And the reason is, is because I brought my mom to live with me uh, a couple of times, four different times throughout the 20 years that I was in the Air Force. And I thought by having her come live with me, that would help her, you know, make some effective change within the family because my mom is bipolar and um, she suffered from, you know, drinking and party and she didn't raise us. My grandmother did. And she would drink and party. And when she would talk to us, it was always very, very vulgar and mean words. So we grew up with, you know, very bad self-esteem and stuff like that. So I thought bringing her into a world where that wasn't acceptable and showing her some of the, the ways, you know, different people would talk to each other and how I would interact with my kids and love on them and stuff that would help her. Um, she each time she lasted about six months and then she missed the fast life of the city and and I love her to death so I'm not we've had this conversation so it isn't like I'm revealing something or talk about about my mom she missed the fast life of the city she missed that constant go 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 and that hustle 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 and and it's hard for people to go from like the city life to the country life that's kind of what what you attest it to and and for her she always wants to help somebody like right now, she's taking care of somebody who's terminally ill and didn't have anywhere to go that was going to be thrown out on the streets. And his family is a friend of our family. So she took him in so his last days wouldn't be on the streets. They would be with her because oh. they grew up together. And um, But when she lived with me, she didn't have anyone to take care of because my kids were self-sufficient. I was self-sufficient. We had our routines. We were doing our thing, working, school. And she just felt like she didn't have anything. But she would rather put herself in an environment that is toxic. Uh, there's drugs around all the time. Uh, my There was actually my sister's house got shot up what, last month. And oh, wow. they would deal with things like that versus go into a safe environment and have a different life just so they would be able to help people because they know there's a lot of people to help in that environment. So it's... Yeah. A good take. <laughs> yeah, it is. And especially when... We have parents that have those issues and I didn't grow up around my dad. I didn't find my dad until I was about in my mid twenties. 
and he suffered depression. And at that time, I didn't really understand a lot about mental health issues, even though I had my own. I had anxiety, but I didn't have a name to put to it. You know, I was just living my life doing what I needed to do. And when he explained to me one day, he said, it is like you're in a room full of people, but all you see is a dark tunnel and you don't see no light. And that got me to stop for a minute because I was going like, do what? And he really explained how he felt. And then I really understood on a better level what people go through with mental illness and to learn how to have a little bit more grace around people that do because, in all honesty, they really can't help it. And it's more of a brain chemistry thing. And they there are a lot of things out there and a lot of people consider it woo-woo that can help with that. Is it a cure? No, and we can't call it a cure. But what we can do is we can give you a supplemental help with that to where it's not nearly as a crutch on your life as it usually is. And understanding that giving people that have mental issues that grace is what we need to learn how to do as a society. And we're not very good at doing that. You're absolutely right. We're not. I didn't know there was any mental illness in my family when I left at 19 years old. I just thought my mom was wild. Uh, she would throw an, you know, an unopened Sprite can at my head if she got mad at me and didn't want to get up and run after me. And I would, I would duck and I would leave the house until she calmed down. Um, but then when I was older, I found out that she was bipolar and my whole military career, I knew that I always thought of myself as high functioning because I was like, I would just get stuff done. I was always the one, the first one to get stuff done. I was always the one on time. My stuff was on point. It was always just boom, boom, boom. And I could get in. I was always just there. I was always volunteering for this. I was always getting that done. And I was just uber aggressive and climbing that ladder and not a problem. When I retired and the world forced me to slow down, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I laid in bed for two weeks, a couple months after I retired, I laid in bed for two weeks and I didn't want to harm myself, but I didn't know why I was here. I laid there and I said, what is the purpose of me even being here? Like, I don't get it because I didn't work any longer in that high function, in that high maintenance environment where it was regimented and you had to be aggressive and you had to work hard where it was expected. So I thought the way I was, was normal. And you couldn't talk about your feelings. You shouldn't talk about your feelings type. And then when I came out here and I had to slow down and I could choose. I just laid there for two weeks and I just wanted to get in my truck. I had an old 1995 uh, Chevy truck. It was all beat up. I had bought for $1,800 from a junkyard and I wanted to take my dog. He's a brindle pit bull mix. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to get in that truck and I just wanted to drive and I had no destination, but I just wanted to drive and I didn't care. I just wanted to end up in the mountains somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. And then I finally said, okay, I need to talk to somebody. Something isn't right. And that's when I was diagnosed with ADD, anxiety, and depression uh, because of the things that I had experienced, the trauma through uh, my first marriage, um, the abuse that I went through, and just my life and the military experiences. And I thought, 
well, no, I don't have those. There's nothing wrong with me. And they're like, no, you need to slow down. You've got this rage that you keep telling me about. You can't let it get to you like that. And I've had to learn a lot of mechanisms and talking and knowing my triggers. And yeah. Yeah. if you don't learn those triggers. Yeah. And it's when you do learn those triggers, you're going to like, that's when you can learn to do something with them. And for me, it's, I'm a very task driven person, sort of like you were in the military, but is also my trigger of if I have too much, it gets me overwhelmed and that's when I have a tendency to get really stressed out. And then to the person that doesn't know me, if they encounter me on a stressful day, they're going to think that I am a biatch <laughs> because I am very, okay, let's get this done. No time to talk. No time for chit chat. It is, let's get this done. And those are my stressors because my strengths can turn into my stressors. And I've realized that. So I've had to realize, okay, I need to learn how to slow down. I need to learn how to have some of those conversations. And it's taken me a while to do it. And that's what I tell a lot of people, even though what we're working on, it's not a one and done. You're not going to do this one time and be, okay, I'm healed. I'm happy and I can do whatever I want. You could try, but you're going to find yourself back in those same old patterns. So it does take that work. It does take that. Yeah, you're you're relearning behavior. The behavior that you have done, the cognitive things that you learned throughout your entire youth all the way up into adulthood, you ha- you're relearning it. You're retraining your brain to understand how you're reacting to each situation and each thing that's going on in your life. And you're, you're right. For me, I... I get overwhelmed very easy now. I, I'm basically in my house. I don't leave the house anymore um, unless it's for a doctor's appointment or that's about it. Yep. Doctor's appointment. I was thinking, have I been out for anything else? Nope. Doctor's appointment. And the reason is I get overwhelmed. I get very overwhelmed and overstimulated by everything. I mean, even driving in the car, everything going by me, it's too much. I have my office set up. I have a little light. Over here, there's not even light overhead. I have a ring light on right now, but that's just because of the podcast. I don't have music going on in the background. You won't hear me watching videos during the day when I'm working. I have the ambiance of a fan, and I keep it quiet. But if I have to go out, and I am out and about because I have multiple doctor's appointments to go to for the multiple things that want to riddle my body, but I'm not going down yet, um, I do get overwhelmed, and I come home, and I'm hustling and bustling around the house and my husband will just sit down and he'll just watch me because he's, it's almost like he's bracing for it because he knows. And we've had this conversation. Um, I've told him, these are my triggers. This is how I react. These are the things for you to notice when I start to get a certain way. And these are the things not to do because it will help me blow up. So please don't do these. And that's the thing is you have to have those conversations with your loved ones, especially if you're going through a hard time mentally or, You can lash out at them. And for many, many years before I started doing the work, I did lash out at everybody. And I ruined so many relationships in my life. 
you know, friendships and even with my family because I lashed out. But now that I understand that and me and him talk a lot about that, he knows when I'm just literally on on level nine out of ten and he just sits there <laughs> and he lets me calm down on my own because yeah. at some point we'll click in my head and I'll t- my head will be like, you're on one. That's what I call it. You're on one. And then I'll be like, okay, I need to, I need to just sit down and let it dissipate so that I can find my level again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you know that because it, it took me a while too. And I've learned how to tell my husband, you know, like, look, that this is my trigger. And for me, it's, and I think I have a form. I don't even know what you would name it. But for me, it's noises and I can only stand so much loud noises for so long. And then after that, I find myself clenching my cheek, chewing the inside of my cheeks and I have to go find someplace quiet or I'm going to explode. And I've learned how to say, you know, it's like I explain it to people. It's like a drill going inside your head for me is literally what it is. And I said, it's not that I don't want to enjoy concerts or things like that but i have to get myself in a headspace in order to enjoy a concert because that is too much noise for me i can't i can't handle it mm-hmm. and it's those things like that is we learn how to talk to our partners and tell them what our triggers are because mm-hmm. unless we tell them they're not going to know and then you're right you're going to ruin relationships because we can't be honest about how we're dealing with our emotions or not dealing with our emotions. Most times not dealing with it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So where can people find you as we wrap up? Because I love to make sure people know how to find you. They can find me on the porch. I'm always on the author's porch. That is where I hang out with, I hang out every single day. Um, So just go the author's porch and Google and you will find me all over that thing. That's where they can find me. (laughs) I was going to say, I put that in the comments. I thought that's where it was, but I couldn't remember. So I wanted to make sure that I asked. Yeah. So as we wrap up, I always ask our guests, what is one last nugget that you can give them? One last nugget is be authentic. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, what you're going through, be authentic. Don't try to hide any part about you. You know, I do podcasts. I talk a lot, obviously, because I talked a lot tonight. Uh, But I'm super goofy, and I used to try to hide that. But why should we hide anything? Every part of you as a human being is beautiful. Don't hide any of it. Be your authentic self every moment of your life regardless of the situation i just want everyone to know that they are beautiful exactly the way they are i love that i love that and be goofy because that's what i tell people play like a child dream Mm -hmm. like a child there's this nursery rhyme that says life is but a dream and why don't we just go out and live our dream why listen to the people that tell you no don't it's not worth it you're wasting your time. Yeah. I started living my dream. There you go. And I so appreciate that you are because because of it, we have crossed paths. 
And I really enjoyed having you on CJ because it's important that people realize that there's people out there like you that are willing to help them out. And you know what? The author's porch. I absolutely loved that because when I seen it, I was going like, okay, that's when I told my friend about you because I was going like, I love that name. And it reminds me growing up in childhood of sitting on my grandma's porch and hearing the stories that my grandparents would tell us as kids. And that's it brought nostalgia back to me when I read that. And I was like, I hope that does that for other people, that it brings back that time and that place that they used to be growing up, especially for people in our age group I won't put it like that in our age group (laughs) that we had that luxury growing up as a kid and I don't know if the kids today have that luxury like we did to listen to the stories from their grandparents and listen to it on the front porch while you're swinging on the swing Mm. amen absolutely so CJ thank you for coming on I would love to have you back on because I think we could talk forever (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me and as I always love to sign off ladies and gentlemen whether you know it or not whether you believe it or not you're unstoppable you're a beacon of hope and you are loved everyone have a good evening and I will be posting some stories from the vault on the next couple of replays so look out for those i don't know what i'm pulling out of my vault yet so you'll be surprised and we will see you next time everyone have a good one and if you don't know where to find me at you can find me on spotify you can find me on anchor on google and you can also find me on youtube for the podcast and also you can find me on youtube and for the podcast and for bonus trainings that I'll be releasing every single Monday. So everyone have a good one and bye.